We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet. All right, welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast, proud part of Ramstalk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Johnny, this is our last podcast before we actually start previewing the regular season. How we doing, man? I mean, life is good right now, Steve. I mean, the Dodgers has picked up a W over the New York Mets. I, I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> and you know what? UCLA football starts this Saturday. We're just about time for the Rams football. And on top of all of that, I just bought a new mattress. Incredible. So you said you went 12 years with your old mattress. How night and day it is. Because like when you get a new mattress, like you don't realize how shitty your old one was until you lay on the new one. I feel like we need to be sponsored by some mattress companies at this point now. What it, what's is is it Casper the one that sponsors everybody? They don't sponsor us. Maybe they do. Uh, I don't listen to our ads. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, them Helix, all all these uh, larger brand companies didn't go with the larger brand, but that's okay. Well, as long as it's comfy, uh, yep. then you're good. I always recommend to people to get nice pillows too, because that's also yes. a game changer. I, I invested in good sleep. That's, hell yeah. That's what I did. Love to see it. I mean, listen, you overpay for pillows. It might seem like a lot, but you get like years worth of pillows. Like, uh, it's a good investment. It's a good investment. All right. Well, today we are going to talk about, we are going to talk about the Rams roster cuts. They trim the roster to 53 this afternoon. Um, so, I mean, let's just get into it. We can start with who got cut, and then we can talk about who made the team. But I will just run through the list of guys, and we can talk about the ones that stick out. Um, the The big cut of the day was wide receiver 
uh, and slash tight end, depending on who you ask. Jacob Harris did not make the roster. A bit of a surprise, uh, considering he was a fourth-round pick last year, a guy that a lot of people are high on. I think we mentioned this, or I feel like I said this on a recent podcast, but to me, like, the allure of Jacob Harris kind of wore off when he just shifted to wide receiver and he wasn't that kind of like hybrid tight end type guy that like like a Kyle Pitts mold that we were excited about but um nonetheless this is still a pretty surprising cut yeah absolutely uh the the cut was I mean because by all indications it, it seemed like uh, the Rams were prepared to, you know, go in with eight wide receivers if you count uh, Brandon Powell. But um, yeah, it, it's just such a uh, interesting cut. Uh, it, it makes sense in the grand scheme of things because, geez, going in <laughs> with the just as many wide receivers as you have on of linemen is just it kind of boggles the mind. But uh, yeah, and especially you know, considering the, that the two guys at the top are probably paying, playing upwards of 90 percent of the snaps. No question. Absolutely no question. And, and yeah, it's just in the end, how much were these guys going to, uh, you know, how, how much was Jacob Harris going to be out there playing? And reality is he's probably not going to see the field at all unless the Rams are winning by like 60 plus points and or if the Rams have you know gone undefeated and the last game they're like you know what let's throw out our backups yeah and like I agree keeping eight wide receivers you know it sounds like it sounds interesting because you like when you're breaking down the roster would you say these eight guys are among our 53 best players you might but when, at the end of the day, like when you really break down the receiver room, like we said, Cooper Cup and Al Robinson are going to play the majority of the snaps. At least I would guess there's no games where they play less than 85% unless it's a blowout. For Cup, he's probably playing at least 90, 95% every game. And then we run a lot of three wide receiver schemes, sure. When Van Jefferson's healthy, he's most likely getting at least 50% of those snaps, probably closer to 70 if I had to guess. Behind him, you have Ben Skoranek and Tutu Atwell, who are, um, depending on who you talk to, I would guess Sean McVay would classify them as interesting second-year players. Uh, Tutu, <laughs> Tutu especially, um, you know, those are your fourth and fifth guys. Brandon Powell, I don't really count because he's not going to see the field on offense. He's a punt returner, even though he's in the group. But either way, you have those five guys does it really make sense to keep Lance McCutcheon and Jacob Harris? There's obviously upside with Jacob Harris, but like I said, I think a lot of the upside was factoring like what he could do if he could successfully convert to tight end, which they did not pursue this year. And so at the end of the day, you're looking at these two guys, you say who's better and who has more upside. And correct me if I'm wrong, I would say Lance McCutcheon for both questions, like without a shred of hesitation. Yeah, there's there's clearly uh, McCutcheon won this role fair and square. I mean, this guy was nothing short of amazing. He led the entire NFL in receiving yards uh, in the preseason. For an undrafted free agent, that's fucking incredible. 
So yeah, I I have to say it it is odd to see Jacob Harris off the roster considering how much hype he had. Um, but in the end, he, he he doesn't have a role on this team. Even if you kept him at, you know, even if you kept him at the on the team at number eight, what 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 good is it, you know, for him in the end? You know, unless there's major injuries, he's not going to see the field at all. And uh, for that matter, I don't know if McCutcheon will either, but at least he has a better shot than, you know, burying him even more at, you know, keeping eight wide receivers. Yeah, and I think, like, if, hypothetically, Ben Skronik gets hurt, um, depending on how they use Tutu, there might be a case where Lance McCutcheon becomes the wide receiver four. And I could never see Jacob Harris becoming the wide receiver four this year. That would just real like, there's no way. He, he hasn't shown anything that would make us think that he should be there. And, um, like, yeah, he's a fourth-round pick, but he's still a day-three pick. So it's not like 2-2 where it's a significant draft investment that they had to have taken that guy for a reason. You know, like, they have to have, in their minds, a plan for him. Uh, whether or not they actually do remains <laughs> to be seen, but I—, I like, it's surprising that Jacob Harris got caught, but I don't, even though he's a fourth-round pick like John Franklin Myers was when he got caught after year one, I'm not nearly as shocked by that. But it's surprising, but when you really think about it, he just got outplayed by Lance McCutcheon, and you can't keep both. He did. Yeah, and, and he deserves a spot. And we'll talk about McCutcheon in a little bit. Other I do c- hope he makes the practice squad, though. Yeah, so, like, I think there's a real chance he does. Because I don't know if he's going to get picked up. I feel like a bad team might pick him up. Like, the Falcons or the Bears, if I were them, I would pick him up. Just be like, instantly their number two. <laughs> yeah, just like a team with just nothing in the receiving core. And I think, like, if you went the opposite way, if you're the Rams, you're like, we'll keep Harris and keep McCutcheon on the practice squad. No way he would have made it to the practice squad. Uh, one of those two teams, I think, for sure, at least, would have claimed Mount Waivers. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Uh, let's talk about some other guys. Uh, delight of this podcast, Chris Garrett, seventh-round pick last year, also got cut. So he's an interesting one to me. I don't know what you think. I feel like he's not going to get claimed. And as a result, I think we will definitely get him back in the practice squad. But when you really look at the breakdown of the roster – they kept um, Daniel Hardy, outside linebacker. I believe he's going to have to go to the pup list or some injury list that's not season-ending injury. And as a result, they might be able to add Chris Garrett to the roster again. You know, I wouldn't be upset. I feel like really they should look to outside parties maybe to fill that spot. But... Um, I don't be shocked if you see Garrett back on the roster in a couple of days. But either way, I feel like they will make an effort to put him on the practice squad if he doesn't get claimed. Yeah, I when I initially saw this cut, I mean, this was announced before we saw everything. Um, so when I initially saw this cut, it kind of puzzled me a little bit just because in your mind, you know Daniel Hardy will start um, you know, the season off on the injured list. 
So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, damn, you know, there's not a whole lot of depth behind, you know, the edge rusher position. But then you see that Daniel Hardy makes the roster and then you realize that he has to be on the roster before he can get placed on the injured list. So, yeah, there is going to be a spot available once they put him there. And, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it goes to Garrett. Though, if an opportunity comes to get another uh, another outside force, why not? Why not? You know, Chris Garrett, while he was kind of the preseason warrior last year, um, it's very clear that he might just be that, a preseason warrior, and maybe nothing more um, on the starting potential or even a contributing potential. So why keep him if, you know, you could find somebody that can contribute immediately, you know? Yeah, and I think that's probably a lot of their thinking with Harris as well as these guys are projects, and at the end of the day, they haven't shown enough where you want to where you feel a need that you have to continue the project because there is going to be a payoff at the end. I don't know if there will be with either of these guys. And so if we are able to keep Kara, great. If not, it's fine. Um, Not a surprise, but Roger Carter, tight end, got cut. A lot of people were speculating that he earned a spot over Kendall Blanton, which is why they cut Kendall Blanton, who also got cut today by the commanders. Um, that was clearly not the case. The Rams are going into the season with two tight ends. Uh, Carter got cut. I am definitely not losing sleep over this, but it is relatively notable. Yeah. I, I, I'm one of these guys that like Roger Carter, but I never had this illusion in my mind that he was better than Kendall Blanton. Um, you know, I, I think there is potential for him to be a Johnny Munt type and that's what I see in the value of Roger Carter. Is he Johnny Munt right this minute? No, he's not. And that's why I, I ultimately hope that the Rams will bring him on the practice squad, which they probably will because, let's face it, no team is going to go after him. But um, the the way I look at it is that's his value. That's And, and that's something that the Rams do not have at the moment is a, a, a good blocking tight end. So, yeah, uh, I think maybe eventually he can be a Johnny Munt type player, but until then, I am totally fine with him being on the practice squad. Um, you know, so he can refine his skills, and uh, maybe next year he'll be on the active roster, or if injuries arise, uh, he's right there ready. You know. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Johnny Munt. I just looked it up because I didn't remember he did not make the team as a rookie, and was on the practice squad, and eventually got called up. So it could be a similar situation for Carter you know if they decide that they could really use a blocking tight end to go next to Higby if he's in the practice squad they probably will call him up but yeah he showed some promise I I don't mind him I also don't think he's going to get picked up either I think he will for sure end up in the practice squad yeah uh in the safety and defensive back realm Dan Isom Deron Lowe TJ Carter um Jake Gervais, Grant Haley, all cut. It seems like they would go for Isom and Lowe on the practice squad, uh, but I don't think these are, you know, massive cuts. 
No, I mean, you you knew Haley wasn't gonna um, wasn't gonna make the roster, which is you know indicative of how talented this uh, you know cornerback core is. And as far as Isom, kind of the same. You know, they although I have to say I think I would prefer Isom over Burgess, but uh, that's <laughs> kind of splitting hairs at this point. Yeah, I I think I could I would too. Uh, we'll talk about Bird just a little bit when we talk about the guys that made the team. Um, other names that got cut, uh, Ernest Brown, I guess, is kind of notable, but he got cut last year, right? So it's not like that big of a deal. Yeah, they they liked him enough to keep him on the practice squad last year. I imagine that they may keep him on the practice squad again this year, but I don't know, man. Uh, he didn't look... I mean, he had his mo- he had like a flash here and there, but ultimately he didn't look all that impressive this preseason either. Yeah, I completely agree. He'll probably end up on the practice squad again. I will run through the rest of these guys. Let me know if there's anyone you think is worth calling out because I don't. Landon Akers, wide receiver. Benton Whitley, outside linebacker. Tackle AJ. He's worth it. Benton Whitley? Yeah. I-, I mean, you figure. I mean, Whitley was kind of a guy that – his name kind of floated out there every now and then, uh, ultimately lost to uh, Keir Thomas uh, or Thomas Keir. Keir right? Thomas. Yeah. Keir Thomas. Okay, I was right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just already thinking about the mattress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the uh, he was basically battling out, um, you know, Thomas for spot. Ultimately did not win it, but... I would hope he makes the practice squad also. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll they'll seek him out for it. Because I don't really think, you know, these are not big names that are going to command anything around the league, I feel like. No. Nah. Uh, tackle AJ Curie. So he lost out to um, Bobby Evans and AJ Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Chandler well, Brewer. AJ Jackson's got, fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Bobby in a bit. Uh, defensive tackle Elijah Carter, linebacker Anthony Hines, guard Jeremiah Cologne, tight end Jared Pinkney, tight end Max Pritchard, running back Trey Ragas, uh, guard Jack Snyder, DN Braden Thomas, wide receiver Austin Trammell. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Those are the names that didn't make it. Johnny, we could just run through each position group and talk about the players who made the team. 
Let's start at quarterback. Once again, we're keeping three guys, Matthew Stafford, John Wolford, Bryce Perkins. You know, it's not like it's it's not a mandatory that this team should keep three guys. But when we just name the players that were cut, I think this is clearly the correct call to keep Bryce Perkins on the team um, because, you know, Wolford's probably a lock as a backup. We've talked about Perkins. You know, he has shown he's shown some interesting stuff to say the least, um, in the preseason. I think it's enough to make the team again. And I like none of these guys we just said got cut. Like none of those guys needed this roster spot. Eventually, if you have to clear it out and Perkins has to go, it'll be a bummer. But, um, the, the correct call today to keep all three. I, I have mixed feelings on it. I totally understand having three quarterbacks on the roster but at the same time do we really need them you know do you really see a future with uh Perkins I I mean if Perkins is 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 your ideal replacement for Matthew Stafford for the future then okay fine let's let's keep him yeah he's absolutely not and that's my point like why you know I my only thought in all of this as to why this makes any sense is to kind of uh, help the defense when they, you know, practice against, you know, more mobile quarterbacks, especially like in week one against Josh Allen. I, I guess that's beneficial in that regard. But other than that, what benefit do you really have in, in hoarding Perkins? You no. Know? I, I don't know. It's not the end of the world, but at the same time, it's like that spot could have went to another position. I I think you might have nailed it with the practice squad thing. You know, I don't think that's the – or with, with just giving looks in practice. I don't think that's the full story, but I think that is a really underrated use. And, you know, there are – I'm sure there are guys you could pick up in the practice squad that could do it at a worse level. Um, but I would say Bryce Perkins is probably one of the 64 best quarterbacks in the NFL. And so he <laughs> so he probably would get picked up if we cut him, no? Yeah, I, and he's, I, he's I think way closer to 64 is. than 32. But, like, I feel like he's in the top yes. 64. And, and that's what it is, is uh, the value. And I don't know, may, maybe in – the front office's mind, particularly less less needs, you know, uh, you know, evil genius mind. Maybe he sees potential trade opportunities in the future. I don't know what you can possibly get out of Bryce Perkins, but yeah, no doubt about it. If this guy, you know, ends up being cut, he's not making it to the practice squad. He's going to be scooped up right away. Well, um, I, and I think if you know if knock on wood here if something happens to Stafford I think we would utilize both guys like I think Wolf would clearly be the starting quarterback but I think they would package Perkins into certain situations um kind of like a Taysom Hill type deal but he's not also playing tight end and up back like he's just spelling <laughs> Wolford in certain packages uh would not shock me at all if that happened um I'd be game for that yeah but also like I just yeah, we could use a spot, but like for who? 
Like, I don't know, man. Save Jacob. Save Jacob. <laughs> like, I'd rather keep Save Perkins Jacob. than Jacob Harris for sure. Um, but I, 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 Steve, you gotta be team Jacob. I'm I'm team Edward, baby. Was that his name? I don't remember. Honestly, I didn't even watch any of the movies. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Me neither. Uh, let's go to running back. Uh, Jake Funk wins the camp battle for the fourth spot. Joining him are Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Kieran Williams, Kieran Williams, fifth round pick, uh, at a Notre Dame. They clearly like Williams, um, Sean McVay said that he will quote unquote be a big part of what they're going to do this season, which I think is interesting. Um, but for the actual cuts themselves, I think it was clearly the right call to only keep four guys. I think you have to keep four guys given the situation with Akers and Henderson. And I think as uninspiring as Jake Funk has been, I feel like he was probably the best this preseason. I, I, you know, I hate to suggest this, but I would be totally up for uh, cutting him in favor of uh, bringing in like a guy like Sonny Michelle, who was also recently cut. Uh, agreed. Uh, Dolphins. A hundred percent. I would be absolutely fine if they brought back Sonny Michelle. Yes, because. Let's face it, if something happens to Cam Akers, which, as painful as it is to say, it's very likely to happen to him or Henderson, um, you wouldn't be confident at all if Jake Funk is carrying the load. Uh, Even, you know, we, we don't know what we have in Williams just yet. So it wouldn't hurt to have a veteran there. And... You know, obviously Sean McVay likes something in Jake Funk that we don't see, but um, maybe like him on the practice squad. I mean, it's this is uh, we've seen twice under Sean McVay when running backs went down, they have chosen to add from the outside rather than go with Jake Funk type players. Uh, we saw it with C.J. Anderson in 2018, where instead of going with John Kelly as a lead back. They picked up Anderson off the street and literally gave him the ball every play. And we saw last year when Akers was down and we had Henderson and, you know, behind Henderson, we had Jake Funk and uh, the other guy, I don't remember who got hurt. Was it Xavier Jones? Yep. And they chose to trade a fourth round pick, which is not nothing. You know, you could draft guys like Jacob Harris at that price. Uh, they (laughs) They chose to trade that pick for Sony Michelle. And so I don't know, like I'd be, I would say it's more, it's less likely than it is likely to happen that we bring back Sony Michelle and cut Jake Funk. But you know, if there is a setback with either acres or Henderson over the next two weeks and Michelle hasn't signed with anybody, I think I would bet the odds are like 95% that that would happen. I I would absolutely hope for that because uh, it would be like fate. I mean, you wouldn't have to learn the playbook at all. You would be very familiar. Why not? You know, bring him back. Yeah, and if he is available for minimum, you should absolutely do it. Um, and listen, if you want to keep Jake Funk as a special teamer, I'd be fine with cutting Bryce Perkins to sign Tony Michelle. But yes. like, 
Yeah, but we'll see. I don't know. I think it's too early to tell if anything like that is going to happen. He might go somewhere else where he has a chance to play. The Texans just got Marlon Mack. Maybe they would add him, but I feel like they won't. Uh, wide receivers, we just mentioned, obviously. I think we talked about everyone here. Cup, Robinson, Jefferson, Atwell, Skronik, Powell, Lance McCutcheon. Um, you know, like, there's not much to add to McCutcheon that we haven't said over the last couple of years, but clearly the MVP for the Rams this preseason, if there was an all-preseason team for the NFL, he'd be first team. Just earn the spot. <laughs> He's Spruce. I think he was way better than Spruce, if in my opinion. Oh, yeah. No question, but, but Spruce, man. Spruce. Yeah, this is the best August Warrior the Rams have had in a long time. Uh, glad he made it because genuinely, I think there's a chance he's better than Skronik and Tutu. But no we'll see. Um, you know, I hope they give Tutu a chance to actually play, just because you figure out what you have and either play him or move on. Tight end. So, I mean, we've touched on this a little, but we're talking about it again. They only keep two guys. Tyler Higby is the clear starter. Bryson Hopkins is the clear backup. Um, Hopkins w- is the uh, butting heads comeback player of the podcast, like, ever, because we shot on this guy for two years, and then he helped us win a Super Bowl, and now is good enough that they only have to keep two tight ends, which is just a miraculous improvement from where we were eight months ago. And Serious. like, like crazy, man. Um, but I'm unsure how I feel about this room. I hope if nobody claims Kendall Blanton again, um, though, I feel like if the chiefs tried to claim him, they might sign him. But like, if he's out there, put him on a practice squad. If you can, uh, I don't know if he'd want to come back here, but um this is good until there's an injury. And if there's an injury to Higby, we'll have to evaluate. But that's true for pretty much any position on the roster with the a small amount of exceptions. So I think this is fine. My question is, what the hell happened with the commanders? He was there for, what, a week? Yeah. Yeah. Well, rosters are a numbers game. I don't know who made it over him, but you know, maybe he came in and they weren't, as imp- they weren't that impressed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's just so bizarre. Like when I saw that they had cut him, I'm like, wow, that that was quick. Yeah, it was pretty surprising. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, at offensive line, the Rams keep eight guys, which is the norm for them. The starters: Nopu, Edwards, Allen, Shelton, and Havenstein. And the backups: they keep Alaric Jackson, Bobby Evans, and Tremaine Ankrum. Logan Bruss is on injured reserve after tearing his ACL and MCL, so he does not count towards the roster. So, I mean, Jackson and seem like the right calls, although I don't think any of these guys are good. And Bobby Evans, I cannot believe he actually made the team. I am just floored. Um, Nobody did more to lose their roster spot this preseason than Bobby Evans, and I cannot believe he actually retained it. I I was totally prepared to accept A.J. Akuri as our last offensive lineman. And then when I saw Bobby Evans there, I was like, what the hell did we just do? <laughs> I mean, I would have even taken, you know, Jack Snyder also over Bobby Evans. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, 
you know. And how are you dissing my boy, Alaric Jackson? He is good. He's the best out of these three, but like if you have to play him, yeah, if you have to play him for multiple games, like on a scale of one to ten, how scared would you be? Probably about a seven. So that's like better than I thought, though, because I'd probably still be like eight and a half, nine. But you can't be dissing my boy, Alaric Jackson. He's the future, man. He's the future Andrew Whitworth. Okay. Okay, buddy. This is after you sat in the pot for years that you didn't think Joe Nopum could play left tackle. Now you're anointing this guy. To be fair, I still don't think he's the right answer at left tackle, but he's the only answer at left tackle. <laughs> think of the alternatives. If we didn't bring back Joe Nopum, what happens? We can't afford a a top-tier left tackle. Not that there was one really available. Uh so yeah, I was like, please bring back Joe Nopu. At least he knows the offense. Yeah, I mean, if there's an injury to this group, they're going to make a trade or sign somebody. There's no way they commit to any of these guys for more than a game or two. So yeah, I mean, I will say this though. I I will admit that Joe Nopu uh, plays left tackle a lot better than I had anticipated. And he plays guard a lot worse than I had anticipated. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was wrong both times. Go figure. Well, I mean, while we're talking about the line, you know, depth aside, if the starters are healthy, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, how confident are you that this unit will be good this year? And not great, but, like, good. I would say probably an eight. I think I'm like a six. Okay. So I'm more confident than I'm scared. But, you know, we lose Whitworth, which I think Nopum will step in and be like 75% of what Whitworth was last year. But you never know how that's going to affect because – uh, we saw the line be awful before Whitworth got here for 15 years. He could be, you know, we, we know he's a, a huge guy in the culture, but we will have to see, like, how big of an impact him not actually being there will have on this unit. And then also, as I've said in the pod previously, I am not ready to anoint Coleman Shelton as anything. And so I need to see him play before that number goes up. That that's really the biggest issue for me. Like, I, I think No Boom will be just fine at left tackle. Uh, the kind of the difference between, you know, what what we've seen with with Coleman Shelton is very very little, as compared to Joe No Boom. He he had to fill in for Andrew Whitworth, you know, for quite a few games because Whitworth towards the end of his career, uh, he he had some bumps uh, along the way where he had to you know, sit, sit out for what, like, uh, as much as, like, six or seven games, I believe, in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he he missed a sizable chunk, and No Boom played a lot and looked good enough. Um, yes. I'm way more worried about Shelton than No Boom, but I do think just because we have a guy that can replace Andrew Whitworth does, like, doesn't mean he could totally replace Andrew Whitworth. We have to really see it in action. And I'm 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 confident in no boom for him specifically. I'm probably like a seven and a half, but 
just you know the the totality of the changes you never know how it's going to play out until you actually see it yeah i mean look at brian allen yeah and we couldn't start the season with a worse matchup to get our feet wet no <laughs> for real the the game i'm probably about the only game i'm nervous about yeah. and and it have, had to be week one thanks yeah. nfl yeah, well, hopefully it's a great game. Uh, we'll talk more in depth about the game next week. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. They keep six guys at defensive or interior defensive linemen, Aaron Donald, Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines, Marquise Copeland, Michael Hoyt, and Jonah Williams. Uh, Bobby Brown does not count as a roster spot because he's on a six-game suspension. You would think when he comes back, one of these guys might get cut. Um, no big surprises here. I think Jonah Williams was clearly the best out of the guys that were competing for spots in this group yeah no, no surprises whatsoever um yeah he totally deserved the spot yeah and with what we saw from brown i feel okay about the depth once he comes back um but obviously donald robinson greg Gaines, a monster unit you're not even if there's even if i was the fourth guy in the rotation i wouldn't be worried about this group <laughs> Because I would love to see you play defensive line. I played a little in high school. You know, I was actually like, not that I'm not saying I was good, but all things considered, I had some like good finesse moves. And as a result, like I could get away with it in some like freshman games and actually make some plays. But I was way too small to ever be a good defensive end. Yeah, you don't strike me as a defensive line. <laughs> I'm way lineman. too small. But I had a good swim move uh, on like, JV. <laughs> Speaking of swim moves, it's all about outside linebackers. Um, they keep Leonard Floyd, Justin Hollins, Trey Lewis, obviously. Then behind them, they have Daniel Hardy, Keir Thomas. Hardy, as we mentioned, is probably going to go to some form of uh, injury list. And so as a result, they will open another roster spot. I think they would keep, like, add, like, a Chris Garrett type or some type of guy to this position. Keir Thomas is a surprise uh, to make the team, but I think he earned it. He, from the condensed preseason games I watched, he seemed pretty impressive to me. Uh, I know he had a big sack in the last game. Yeah, I, I have no issues with Thomas making it. Um, he he was uh, one of the better ones for sure. Uh, and like like we said, more than likely, if the Rams don't add another player from another team, um, more than likely they'll bring back um, uh, Chris Garrett. So, yeah, I, I think it works out in the end. This group terrifies me a little bit. I don't think it's a good group, like, at all. I I feel like the starters are, are good enough. I, I still like Leonard Floyd. I think Justin Hollins is, you know, pretty good. Uh, you know, not anything spectacular, but decent. Um, I think Terrell Lewis, if healthy, can be a, a an adequate backup. But beyond that, that's where it's like a bit questionable, and that's where it comes down to is is depth. And hopefully, these guys stay healthy. Uh, that's why I'm kind of hoping that they don't bring back Chris Garrett and they bring back uh, bring in somebody you know maybe even a veteran that can you know fill the spot, but. Uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and if, you know, if they believe in Tara Lewis, 
then I don't think you need to totally bring in a veteran because you think that guy will be a a good piece as the rotational guy behind Hollins and Floyd. I mean, Floyd is really good. Um, I don't know if we're fully getting our money's worth with him, but he's certainly not a bad contract. And Hollins is fine. You know, he's a perfectly adequate starter. Um, but you could improve on him. I mean, they literally traded a second-round pick to improve on him last year. And so if Lewis is your guy behind him that you believe in that you think could make a leap and maybe potentially split evenly with Hollins or something like that, then I'm fine with the group. But I don't think he is, and I don't think the coaches think he is. I I mean, I feel like he's you're kind of uh, underrating him a tad. Because when you think about it, when the Rams traded for Von Miller last season, it wasn't as though the Rams weren't getting to quarterbacks. You know, and, you know, that's excluding Aaron Donald. Yes, obviously Aaron Donald's going to do his thing. But I felt like Leonard Floyd and Justin Hollins, when he was healthy, um, they did more than an adequate job. For me, it's not even so much the starters as it is the depth. Can Terrell Lewis step up and be a good, you know, rotational guy? That, to me, is the big question. And then beyond him is, like, a big question mark because these guys have zero to – uh, or little to zero experience. So uh, that's going to be a big question mark. Uh, but yeah, I, I could you improve, you know, over Justin Hollins? Of course. Uh, do that we have the money to do it? Not really. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's our Odell in the room that we might need to save some some money for. But yep. yeah, I I definitely think I was underselling Hollins a little bit specifically. Yeah. I don't think I'm underselling Lewis at all. Uh, I no. think they played Oboe over him last year, and it's not like Oboe was setting the world on fire. But he did have a fun name, though. Great name. They let him walk for what two million dollars. So like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll yeah. see how this one plays out. Um, obviously, That's when two million dollars that could go to OBJ. <laughs> If it ever does, um, inside linebackers, they keep Christian Roseboom and Jake Hummel as the backups. Uh, Hummel had a pretty good preseason. I'm, I'm fine with the move. Um, Traven Howard is currently hurt. So they, if whenever he's cleared, I'm sure they will activate him and cut either Roseboom or Hummel. Um, finally, we have no question marks in the inside linebacker room. Neither of these guys are ever going to see the field barring an injury. And so, yeah, it's fine. Almost, it seems like they'll both be good special teamers or useful, I guess. I don't know about good. That's, uh, wow. I, I, I don't know what to say about that. We Arguably have no one of the best inside linebacker groups in the NFL. Uh, how does this even happen? <laughs> Uh, are we talking about the Rams right now? Because that, that doesn't happen to the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I would like to go through quickly our 
after we get through this, the NFL rankings of each that that happened. Uh, but the players ranked Bobby Wagner 29th, so clearly they still think he's pretty fucking good. And we think Ernest Jones is pretty fucking good. So is. this is probably one of the better starting units in the league. Yeah, no question. No question whatsoever. I will be forever grateful for this pairing because it, it, it certainly bre- beats the, uh, you know, Bryce Hagers of the world. Yeah, it's a... It's a top 10 group, maybe top five. I'd have to map it out, um, at least the guys are actually playing. And considering that last year we were probably number 32 going into the season at inside linebacker. Easily. This is great. This Man, is great. Troy, Troy Readers, Bryce Hager. Yeah. Um, Micah Kaiser. Micah Kenny Kaiser. Young. He's available right now. I mean, if we really want to upgrade the position, we can he can pursue Micah Kaiser again. I'm good. I don't need to talk to my myself into any of these guys anymore. Which is great. <laughs> Just delightful. Uh, I was never in on Micah Kaiser after his rookie year, I think. Um so at least I have that going for me, I guess. I, a lot of people were in on him for a really long time. Cornerbacks, this is the least surprising group on the team. Ramsey, David Long, Troy Hill, Robert Rochelle, Kobe Durant, Darren Kendrick. They kept it by the book. Like, there's not even anything to break down here. Nope. Um, clearly, the starters are going to be Ramsey, Long, and Hill, it seems like. It'll be interesting to see how the other three sneak into the rotation and what they do with Hill specifically now that he's back. Uh, I feel like they'll just slot him in opposite side of Ramsey, but we'll see what happens. It's an interesting group to watch going into the season. It is not an interesting group to predict who is going to make the team. Safety. So Quentin Lake is put on the pup list. Um, he has to miss at least team's first four game. Doesn't count towards the uh, player count here. They keep Taylor Rapp, Nick Scott, Jordan Fuller, Terrell Burgess, and Russ Yeast. Um, Yeast, you know, it seems like he won the, the open spot here. And we are surprised that Terrell Burgess made the team. You know, I don't know if lots of people are surprised by this, but I am. Uh, they've just been playing him a lot in the preseason. He's been bad. And I, like I said, for I said they don't believe in Lewis. I definitely don't think they believe in Terrell Burgess at all, like, to do anything. And so I'm just pretty shocked they keep keeping him on the roster. I'm fine with it. You know, he's probably one of the 53 best players on the team. But, uh just crazy that I like I I'm I'm pretty surprised that I actually kept him again. I I just like Bobby Evans. I just keep asking myself why. I, I it's a little dramatic though because again, ideally, you you don't want to see Burgess on the field anyway, um, or Russ East for that matter. Um, but still, like I think I would have preferred Isom. If, if you were really going to keep five safeties, which is also puzzling to me, why not just stick with four? But um, I I think I would have preferred Isom over Burgess. Well, let's say, you know, if we think that Quentin Lake is going to get a roster spot when he comes off the list, which he probably will, you think they cut Burgess or they cut Yeast? Probably Burgess. Yeah, I think I agree. And I, I don't think they would keep six safeties. That'd be wild. Um, the rest of the roster, the King, Matt Gay, our new punter, Riley Dixon, 
and our long snapper Matthew Orzich. Orzich, I don't know. Uh, interested to see how Riley looks this year. Matt Gay's yeah. perfect. Never done anything wrong in his entire life. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Bucks. Uh, we we love you for that. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the NFL 100. We there's been no post game podcast after this Bengals game. I watched the condensed game before this, Johnny. I have no thoughts in this game. So if you have anything you want to talk about, let me know. Yes, there is one thing. I'm glad the fucking preseason is over <laughs> because uh, holy shit, this game. Um, if you're one of the real ones like me and not Steve uh, that actually watched the game from quarter one to quarter four, you were treated to one of the most boring games I've ever witnessed in my life. Like there was literally nothing to this game. And like the highlight of this game for me was Hummel. You know, <laughs> he he got, he got tackles. It, it almost felt like I was watching James Laronitis again, you know, getting tackles for the Rams because nothing else was happening. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was tough. My notes from this game were Keir Thomas had a nice sack and the offensive line sucks. Yep. And that's very, very accurate. Yeah. There's nothing much else to say. So, um, yeah, I'm totally fine with, uh, just starting week one already. I have to plan, you know, 18 to 22 days a year around watching football uh, i cannot ask my fiance to give up three more games to watch really shitty football <laughs> like i just i can't do it I, I can't sit through three hours of a preseason game but uh, i watched them all she would have left you if she had to be forced to watch this game with you man <laughs> for real um okay so let's talk quickly i mean about the nfl 100 list for this year for those who don't know this is voted on by the players so some things are misconstrued, but it's always interesting to see who the players like respect uh, that get into this list and where they're ranked. Um, and I feel like it's never that egregiously bad. But here's the Rams on the list. Odell Beckham, not on the team, but he was ranked 93, I think. I didn't fact check this. It's just off the top of my head. Uh, Bobby Wagner was 29. Stafford was 27. Jalen Ramsey was 9. Cooper Cup was 4. Aaron Donald was 2. So Tom Brady was number 1. A lot of people were, like, losing their minds about this, like how it's a joke that Tom Brady was ranked ahead of Aaron Donald. Like, this is voted on by the players, and they voted for, you know, I would say one of the two best players to ever play the sport at number one. And so, like, I don't know why people are getting so mad about this. I just, honestly, it... (laughs) I, I don't understand why people are upset either. It's it's just a meaningless ranking. Uh, it's you know, Tom both... fucking Brady, dude. Like, it's not like they like. It's not like they're in TJ Watt number one. Like, come on. I I will say though, like, how again? The most I, I don't know if we're talking about all time lists. I guess he would be, you know, number one because, I mean, let's face it, the man has a lot of Super Bowls. 
he, all you got to do is look at that, you know, picture where he has wearing all, all those rings on, on both hands. Uh, and you know how valuable he is to any franchise. Uh, but that being said, for 2022, I, I, I don't see him as the best player in the NFL. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't either, but, like, I can understand why his peers voted him number one. Yeah. Yeah, I I could understand it too. It's a respect thing, but I respectfully disagree. And um, if and if uh, you know people were to say, well, he he deserves to be number one. Fine, you're wrong, but fine. I think it's fine though. Last year he led the at 44 years old. They went 13 and four. He threw the ball 719 times. He threw, he had the most passing attempts in his career last year. He threw for. Um, 5,316 yards, which is the most yards in his career, 43 touchdowns, which is the second most touchdowns in his career, to 12 interceptions, um, which is like, just, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with the ranking. It's it's Tom Brady. He's insane. He makes no sense. I can't believe he's playing this well at 45 years old. Um, it's fine. Donald was two. He was only behind Tom Brady. Uh, I think the bigger story to me was that the players ranked Cooper Cup at number four uh, behind Rodgers, Donald, and Brady, which is like you you take, you know, three of the greatest players of all time and then the next highest guy is Cooper Cup, which is like just still insane to me that this is where we're at and it's actually like a good choice to put him as the fourth best player in the NFL. Well, clearly, you know, he was – one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason, uh, next to Aaron Donald, um, <laughs> for the Rams winning the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so it, it makes perfect sense for me. But I, I will admit that it is a little high in my opinion. But again, these rankings are meaningless. Yeah, I'm. You know, if we're basing this off of last season, like he was the best best skill player in the NFL. Is he the best skill player in the NFL? I don't know. He's up there. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It might be a little high, but I'm I, I'm fine with it. And Ramsey at 9 seems reasonable. Stafford at 27 seems perfectly reasonable. I mean, this is the same list where they have uh, Brady over Rodgers. Um, sorry, but Brady's not even, you know, the top three quarterback. Uh, just saying. I'm just saying. Eh. I don't know. It's Tom Brady, dude. I been I said for years that Peyton was better, and Peyton's been out of the league for like seven years, and they're not that much of an age. There's not that much of an age difference. Like, how old is Peyton Manning right now? He's old. <laughs> so is Tom Brady. That's true. <laughs> Man, has it been really seven years? How much older do you think Peyton Manning is than Tom Brady? I would say he's probably at least three or four years older, but I could be wrong. He's 17 months older. Oh, wow. And he's been out of the league since 2015. And since he's been out of the league, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady has won three Super Bowls. (laughs) Wouldn't surprise me. Which, um... Yeah, but Peyton Manning... 
He's done more commercials, though. <laughs> like, I, I was always on the team. Peyton's a better quarterback. He just has less rings. But, And I think I was on the same side for Rodgers, too. But I don't think I'm on that team anymore. I, I mean, again, if you're going to go by career, absolutely. Tom Brady's fucking number one. But if you're going by 2022, hell no. There's nothing in my mind that you can convince me that this guy's the best player in football. Well, yeah, but I'm fine with the... You know, the career recognition, especially since he was a second-team All-Pro last year. It's not like he was a slouch. No. It's not like no, the ranking Ben Roethlisberger in the top three. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I, I'll never suggest that, uh, especially in 2022, it, that Tom Brady sucks. He, he doesn't. He's a very good quarterback. Um, just I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league or even top three. I feel like he's top three. Uh, he's definitely top four. <laughs> I was going to say, are you sure about that? He's definitely top four. <laughs> I, I don't, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, I just want stuff, but I think we can save for next week. I will say this. We get close with this. Is there anyone around the league that got cut that you would like the Rams to take a look at? Sean Mannion. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I was waiting for this question the entire podcast, I have to mention Sean Mannion. No. I saw um, I saw he got cut. Who's their backup? Who did he lose to? I tell you the truth, I don't, I don't even know, man. I just, I saw him cut, and I'm like, I, I got to tell Steve. You know, this this is something that has to be said. But there's, there is quite a few players out there that I, that's very tempting. Um, one that immediately comes to mind is, uh, is uh, one we've already mentioned, and that's Sony Michelle. I, I think it would be in their best interest to bring in uh, Sony Michelle, but um, other than him, there's other guys that come to mind. Like, uh, this is probably not a sexy pickup at all, but I think it would go a long way. But uh, former, actually, a former Bills player, uh, offensive tackle Daryl Williams, I think would be huge. I don't know how much he would be asking for, but if we can get him for cheap, that's absolutely uh, a pickup that you need to do. And for the love of God, cut Bobby Evans, you know, and, and kind of the value with Williams is he can play both offensive tackle and, and guard. So if you're like Steve, who shows no respect to my, my guy, uh, Alaric Jackson, you know, you could put <laughs> Daryl Williams there, but yeah, that's, that's he's number one on my wish list, even more so than uh, um, Sonny Michelle. Um, how about you, Steve? Yeah, I love that about like Williams. I don't know if it makes sense to add a tight end, but I would be curious about the possibility of adding OJ Howard. Although I guess he got cut by the Bills too, so like not a huge vote of confidence for him. But that's kind of a you know pass catching tight end. I could see doing well in the right situation, which he hasn't been in for a long time. So cut Bryson Hopkins and then put in OJ Howard? No. Just if they wanted to add a third tight end, but I don't think they do. Nah, I uh, I, I would love it to be honest, though, because I think OJ Howard is a very underrated player, though um, maybe not after getting cut by the Bills. Of course, uh, the Bills are stacked at every position possible. So, um, 
maybe they're just that good that they like, you know what? You're good, but you're not that good. You're not worthy. Yeah. And there's always like weird. Sometimes cuts are just bizarre. And I, I don't, I am not saying keeping OJ Howard was a bizarre cut or like sometimes like players just end up somewhere and it just doesn't work out. Like, I mean, like, we mentioned CJ Anderson on the podcast. Like he went from running for a thousand yards in Denver to never getting the ball at Carolina to getting cut and then just sitting around for a couple weeks and going to the Rams and looking like one of the best running backs in the league. And then after that, he plays two more games and his career is over. So like just crazy shit like this always happens in the NFL where players just like disappear and nobody can really know why. Especially at running back. Especially at running back. I mean, I didn't really like. It's crazy that after the 2018 playoff run, he played two games and his career was over. Yeah, I, if you if you uh, asked like a casual Rams fan who C.J. Anderson is, they probably have no idea what you're talking about. I don't trust anyone who doesn't know who C.J. Anderson is. I I mean, for for someone like you and I, who you know. Remember guys like, you know, uh, like Trunk Candidate or, you know, someone <laughs> like that. Yeah, or, but or, CJ was one of our best players in a run where we went to the Super Bowl. I mean, it was I, I guess. for like four games, but he was one of our best players in that postseason. That's fair point. Yeah, that's true. There is a difference there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he was such a small part of the Rams organization in in regards to time, he he was only with us a few games when you really think about it. No, yeah, it was it was way shorter than like it feels like it feels like it was a lifetime. It's like I remembered him being on the Rams for years. <laughs> uh, I want to close with this. I don't know if anyone on here follows me on Twitter, but I saw a memory I had on Facebook from the other day from a. Uh, August 24th, 2014, after Sam Bradford got hurt again, I posted a little history for you, lesson for you guys. 16 years ago, Trent Green got injured during the preseason. The Rams are consistently among the worst teams during the entire decade. Green's backup was some no-name who played for the Amsterdam Admirals the year before. Nonetheless, the Rams decided to roll with him. They said, we will rally around Kurt Warner, Dick Vermeil said, and we ended up winning the Super Bowl. Not worried. Uh, the Rams started the season 2-5 and five after I posted that status. And their quarterback was Austin Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I still want Austin Davis on, on the pod, man. I love him. I love him. It was funny that he was the quarterback after that. So, like, my scenario um, my scenario happened in my head because of how much I revere Austin Davis. <laughs> He's the GOAT. My guy. All right. Well, next week we'll be back previewing an actual football game, which is just delightful uh but be sure to follow us on twitter at c Rivera, at johnny five six at talk rams and we will talk to you guys soon how how would you evaluate your season uh, i think we ain't done yet you, you personally i think we ain't done yet